Welcome back to the program. Keep the text messages coming. 0457 736 736. Massive on the weekend. UFC 298. Couple of our favoured boxers in the history of the sport. Robert Whitaker and Alex Volkanovsky going around. So we thought we'd get the news editor of MMA Fighting. He's knowing uh, mixed martial arts inside and out. We've had him on the program before. It's great to have Damon Martin back on the show from Columbus, Ohio. How are you, Damon? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me as always. Uh, nowhere near Colorado, from what I understand. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> On the other side of the country. Yeah, well, close, close. Not too bad. Um, all right, let's start, as I said, with these really popular boxers, uh, fighters for Australia. Paulo Costa up against Robert Whittaker. Uh, UFC 290. Drikas Duplessis was his last fight. It was a loss. Where where are we at in the, the career of Robert Whittaker, Damon? You know, this is a really, really big moment for Robert Whitaker because I don't think hardly anyone expected him to lose to Dracus Duplessis in his last fight. I know I didn't. I certainly didn't expect the fight to play out the way it did. So this is a pivotal moment for him because, uh, you know, a win puts him right back to where he wants to be, but a loss, you know, it starts to ask the question, has time passed him by? Has has skill finally uh, you know, falling away from Robert Whitaker as, as the division caught up to him because for the longest time, Robert Whitaker was clearly the number two best middleweight in the world. He just couldn't get through Israel Adesanya. So yeah. this is a huge moment for Robert. You know, that you, you don't want to lose two in a row, but you really don't want to lose two in a row when you're supposed to be one of the top two or three guys in the world. Yeah, uh, but history tells us too, given what we've seen in the MMA, at 33 years of age, he's not near the end. Well, depending on how he is you know, mentally and physically. But 33, um, it might be getting old in some sports, but certainly not mixed martial arts. No, not at all. Not at all. And typically speaking, you know, between 28 and 33 is really the prime of your career in mixed mm. martial arts. That's when you really, you know, become a true, true fighter at that point. So, uh, no, I don't think he's at the tail end of that. But again, you know, we got to see how he goes out there again. I was shocked, absolutely shocked that he lost that last fight. So, uh, I think this is a stylistic matchup that makes sense. Paulo Costa, very heavy hitter, very exciting fighter, but he also leaves himself open to be hit. And we know that Robert Whitaker is very, very good at hitting people. So uh, it, it's a it's a it's a big fight for him, though. He needs to go out and make a statement in this when he can't. You know, he doesn't want to go out there and just you know eke out a decision. He wants to go out there and kind of make a statement with this guy. Okay, so what are you predicting then uh, from in this fight? He's a dollar forty favorite at Topsport.com.au. Bobby Knuckles. Uh, you know, same as last time, I picked him to beat Drakus Duplessis, and I'm going to pick him to be <laughs> to beat Paulo Costa. I think that uh, Robert Whitaker at his best is one of the best two or three middleweights in the world. And again, if your name isn't Israel Adesanya, or again, surprisingly, Drakus Duplessis, I just yeah. don't see you beating him. So uh, I think he wins this weekend. I think Paulo Costa is going to give him the openings to take advantage of, and. I think he gets the job done. Okay. Uh, method of victory, you want to have a shot at that? I'm going to say decision because Paulo is a pretty tough guy. He can take a shot, and I think it's going to be hard to put him away. But I think Robert will win a, a pretty pretty unanimous decision. Okay. Robert Whitaker via decision, $2.20 at top sport. Let's get into the other one, Alexander Volkanovsky. This is a really interesting part of his career as well. Up against Ilya Toporia, and, of course, we know – the 10-day uh, that he had to prepare against Islam Makachev, it, it seemed strange at the time. I, I wonder in your mind, Damon, what sort of brand damage 
has Alex Volkanovsky done, given the fact that I think at one point he was third in the world pound for pound? You know, it's a weird one because in, in, in all reality, it didn't hurt him that badly because, A, he went up in weight. He's not a lightweight. He's a featherweight. Yep. And he did it on 10 days' notice. Um, I don't think anyone would have predicted that it would end that particular way by a head kick knockout. But, you know, he walked in there, not to say that Alexander Volkanovsky would walk into any fight with an excuse, but he had a built-in excuse to say, hey, I took this fight on 10 days' notice. I wasn't training. I wasn't prepared. Uh, you know, he said since then, like, he was drinking, you know, and just, like, not, you know, he wasn't getting ready for a fight. Yeah. So I don't really think it damaged him that much. I think the narrative going into this one built with that last fight is a little bit of the he did get knocked out that is bad no one ever wants to get knocked out and you do see some fighters do not bounce back as well after getting knocked out like that part two is his age you know he's in his mid-30s now and fighters at these lower weight divisions have typically not had success in their mid to late 30s that's where you start to see the tail off so That's the question surrounding him more so than just that particular fight. I think the age question combined with how he lost that fight, not that he lost the fight, how he lost the fight. Right. So that tailing off, what is that related to? Speed? uh, And why is it for those uh, lighter weights? It, it, it's typically, it is speed, it's reaction time because right. fighters at that weight class are all incredibly fast and you're talking about tenths of an inch, you know, tenths of a second difference between getting hit with a punch and not getting hit with a punch. Yeah. And that reaction time slows. I mean, listen, you know, sadly we all get older and, you know, what we could do <laughs> at 35 or 40 is not what we could do at 20 or 25. And those lower weight classes in particular are more impacted because of that speed and reaction time. Yeah. I once had a bloke who used to do some running with uh, many years ago, and uh, he was an older gentleman, and he said, uh, now it takes me all night to do what I used to do all night. So I'm th- not sure what he was <laughs> referring to there, Damon, but I, I, think I, t- I think I take your point on that one. Hey, um, just on Volkanovsky, I, I thought one was really interesting, and you hinted at it earlier, and that was one of the reasons why he felt that he, he took that fight on 10 days notice because he was in a bit of a dark space and he wasn't happy with the way you know what he was doing away from this and how much he needed the uh, constraint and the discipline of preparing for a fight which I think gave us an insight into Alexander that we'd never had before yeah it's interesting because you know he had mentioned after the fight as well that you know he wanted to get right back in there he wanted to book his next fight right away he doesn't feel as normal as when he's getting ready for a fight. Yeah. Things just don't seem normal to him. Now, a lot of people reacted to that. A lot of people, I would say, overreacted to that and said that's kind of a, a worrisome thing. And I can understand that to a certain extent. You know, Alexander is a family man. He loves his kids. Uh, I know he does have hobbies outside of fighting. But when you hear somebody say that, you kind of worry because – this is sports. You can't do it forever. You know, there's going to come a time in the next, you know, five, six, seven years, he's going to retire. And what do you do at 42 and you're not a fighter anymore? Can you find that same passion and energy for something else? And so there was, there was some worry about that, but here's my opinion is I just think when you're this at this level, that high level of an athlete, you are a champion. You're not just an athlete. You are a championship level of athlete there's a certain level of obsession that goes along with that. I mean, would Alexander Volkanovsky be who he is if he wasn't 
that consumed by the sport? I don't know that he would. We've heard a million cautionary tales of guys and girls who just weren't focused, who just didn't live up to their potential. And so here's a guy who's saying, I'm consumed by this. This is all I want to do. And so I think there's a certain level of respect you have to give to a guy because he is one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world because of that. Yeah, it's a really interesting point that you make. So it serves him well within the the fighting constraint, but you just wonder, how does that serve him, as you say, in five, six, seven years' time when he says, right, I'm out of fighting? But uh, that's a separate one altogether. Right, uh, Ilya Tapuria, tell us about uh, him. He This is a much tighter market at topsport.com.au. Yeah, I mean, Ilya is is undefeated, knockout artist, incredibly good boxer, uh, originally born in Georgia, uh, trains now and fights out of Spain. Uh, young kid, a lot of power, a lot of aggression, very fun fighter to watch. Uh, if you watch any of his UFC fights, he hits hard and he does not go away. Uh, that's kind of been his moniker. He did one fight at lightweight where he absolutely got knocked hard in the fight. Didn't go away, came back, knocked the guy out a couple minutes later. Uh, very exciting fighter. My biggest concern with Ilya Taporia going into this fight is his experience against higher-level competition. His two biggest wins that got him this title shot, Bryce Mitchell, who is a good fighter, but he's a fringe top-15 fighter, not really like a top-level contender. And then Josh Emmett, who is a very good fighter, but Josh Emmett has always been kind of like the number six, number seven guy in the world, not necessarily top three or four. Ilya has not faced those top three or four guys in the world yet this is going to be his first test now you know when you get that first test maybe he passes maybe he pulls it off but i just i have a hard time not betting on if you're if you're alexander volkanovsky and you're fighting at 145 pounds until i see a real reason to think you've lost a step i'm just never going to pick against that guy yeah right all right well same question then method of victory you know, I, I, honestly, this is a weird one because my head says decision. Alexander Volkanovsky wins a decision, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Alexander Volkanovsky by TKO in the fourth round. I'm going to say it gets it done late because Ilya does get hit. Ilya, allow, he, he's a very aggressive fighter, and that does backfire on you from time to time. And I think this could look a little bit like the Yair Rodriguez fight or, or some of the other fights that Alex has had where he just keeps chipping away at a guy and then eventually in that fourth or fifth round, he finds a way to put him away. Volkanovski via KO, TKO, or a DQ, $3.80 at Top Sport. What about some of the other fights that are on the cards? Is there anything that we've got a lot of UFC fans in this country, anything that they should be looking at, anyone you're excited to watch? You know, there's a lot of great fights on here. Two in particular I would highlight. Uh, Ian Machado Gary is taking on Jeff Neal at welterweight. Ian Machado Gary looks like a future superstar in this sport. He's Irish, 26 years old, incredible striker, very exciting and very, uh, very vocal, let's say. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a, a super good prospect for the future. I think he's one you got to watch. And then the bantamweight fight between Murad Dewalishvili and Henry Cejudo is super interesting because the winner should be next in line for a title shot. But Henry Cejudo, who is a former two-division UFC champion, Olympic gold medalist in wrestling, has said, if he loses this fight, he's done, walking away, retiring. So it's very much all or nothing, do or die for Henry Cejudo, and that's a lot riding on this fight. Okay, Ian Gary, I was just talking, uh, looking at some of your tweets that you put out. If people want to follow, uh, follow Damon, at Damon Martin, um, he's going to thump the, you know what, mouth off Sean Strickland. So um, very handsome, too, by the look of it, Ian Gary. 
Yeah, he's a good-looking kid, uh, exciting, fun to talk to, and uh, really, they call him the future. That's his nickname, is the future. He may where be, uh, may very well be the future. Uh, outstanding. Hey, Damon, as always, great to check in with you, mate. Love your knowledge of the UFC space. UFC 298 this weekend. You can catch it on main event. So go Robert Whitaker and go Alex Volkanovsky. Appreciate your time, mate. Always. Thanks for having me.